We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Terry Tyler asks, is it true we have a big chance to get Julian Sayan? Julian Sayan, of course, is the 2024 quarterback out of Cal Carlsbad, California, excuse me. Yes, uh, Terry, I would say he is, I don't want to say the most likely right now, because I think that they're actually in a pretty good spot with the CJ Carr early on, which is pretty funny to think about Lloyd Carr's grandson from the state of Michigan, might be a guy that's seriously in play for Notre Dame. But I really do think they're in a pretty good situation with C.J. Carr. But as for Julian Sayan, Sayan, I mean, he's kind of been pretty consistent with the fact that Notre Dame, University of Texas, and Georgia have kind of been his top group of teams for a while. And he's a guy that, although only being a sophomore in high school, he wants to make a decision pretty quickly. He wants to make it during the summer. So it's it's a decision that is on the horizon. It's a decision that we tangibly know when it's going to happen. and. I think Notre Dame's in a good spot. Do I think that they're the leader? I, I think that it's honestly a three-way battle right now. I wouldn't say that there's any clear leader comparative to one another. And he's a kid that's from California that is going to get out of the state of California most likely. Either he's going to go over to the southeast in Georgia, he's going to go down to Texas, or he's going to come up to the South Bend in Notre Dame. So we'll, we'll see what that kind of, kind of looks like closer to the summer. But they're definitely in a good spot for Julian Sane. There's no doubt about that one. I want to go to Alejandro Coronel. Do you th- believe that the 2023 class will have more of an impact as freshmen than 2022 will? Although 2023 will be deep, 22's class will be developed better than in the past, which will limit 2023 freshmen. Alejandro, I think it's an interesting conversation. So, like, let's work through some of the players that we think are going to play a lot for 2022, and then maybe we'll circle back to 2023 real quick. So, Tobias Merriweather is the guy on offense, so we expect to play a ton. Jadarian Price, to a to a degree, is going to play football, I think, in some capacity. Offensive lineman will most likely be redshirt. We'll see what the backup tight end spot looks, number two, behind Michael Mayer, if, if either Holden stays or Eli Raritan could take a hold of some reps as the number two tight end or beat Mitchell Evans out, outright or you know the other tight ends that are coming back from, from injury. and we'll, we'll see what happens as far as tight ends, but – Defensively, 
We expect Junior Toyalamaka to play at middle linebacker at least some. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a starter. Brian mentioned wouldn't surprise me if at some point he's the starter down the line at Mike, but we will see what happens, obviously, there. I think Jaden Mickey's an interesting player. Can he take a corner reps, Benjamin Morrison? So I, I think that the impacts from freshmen in 2022 is going to be more on the offensive side of the football than maybe on the defensive side of the football outside of junior Tilly Alamaka. Cause I, I, I am personally just a big believer, Ryan Barnes. I think he's going to, I don't want to say, I mean, it's not going to be, it's going to be a tough battle to be the number two corner, but I think that he has the talent level to take a hold of a high amount of reps. So I'm going to say that corner isn't as big as maybe we envision. I think that they have an opportunity to play. I think Jaden Mickey can play as a freshman, but I really am a believer in Ryan Barnes. So 2022, there's definitely going to be some contributors. I mean, 2023, let's take a look at what we're going to be losing, right? Tight ends. I mean, I think Cooper Flanagan is going to come into a loaded room with Eli Raritan and Holden Stays. So I wouldn't imagine too much out of that situation. Some of the offensive linemen could be interesting because, I mean, in theory, you're losing at least two. I mean, if whether Jared Patterson ends up playing center or he plays ends up playing offensive guard, you're going to lose him, obviously. And then, I mean, Josh Lug's going to be out the building as well. So there's going to be some battles inside. So whether you get a guy like a Sam Pendleton or Charles Jagasaw or whoever the interior lineman is that comes in and can contend early on to maybe you at least fill one of those guard spots, I think it's interesting to just kind of keep that one open for interpretation. Wide receivers, I mean, I expect a couple of these wide receivers to to – compete in 2023 again Braylon James is in the class see if they can close on guys like Jaden Greathouse and Rodney Gallagher but there's going to be plenty of opportunity I mean you're going to have guys like Tobias Merriweather Deion Colsey and of course Lorenzo Styles coming back but you're also losing Avery Davis most likely losing Joe Wilkins you're losing Braden Lindsay so there's going to be some opportunities to play in the wide receiver room next year so I think there's going to be opportunity in that regard. Running backs going to be tough to break into the conversation for me because obviously you're going to have, in theory, at least two to three running backs out of this stable that you have back next year. I mean, I, I again, who knows if Chris Tyree has a big enough season where he can declare early. I wouldn't anticipate it just because, you know, it's it's just not really his niche as a running back. He's more of a, a big play threat, and I don't know if the volume is going to be there to leave early. But I, I, I think that running back is going to be a little bit tough. If Dante Moore gets into the class, then, I mean, if Tyler Buckner has the kind of an up-and-down year, then I could see Dante Moore coming in and at least competing for a starting job. Obviously, I anticipate Tyler Buckner having a great season, so I'm not going to predict that one. But something, you know, just interesting to watch. So offensively, I think there's a lot of opportunity to play from an interior offensive line perspective. And I think wide receivers are definitely going to play in 2023, no matter what, what that class kind of shapes out to be. If it's a Ronan Hannafin – Rodney Gallagher, Braylon James, whoever it is, I think there's going to be opportunities to play in the wide receiver room for the 2023 class. On defense, I mean, you're going to be losing Isaiah Foskey. You're going to be losing Justin Adam Malola. You're going to be losing Jason Adam Malola. There's going to be a lot of snaps that are vacated on the defensive line. So, I mean, you look to obviously Keon Keeley coming in. Does a Brendan Vernon compete for some strong side end? Can he flex inside? Is it Bubakar Triori? Is it Devin Houston? Is it Jason Moore if he ends up in the class of Notre Dame? It's a question mark, but I think defensive line is definitely going to have a big opportunity to play next year. Linebackers hard to envision, even though Drake Bowen is an excellent football player. Preston Zinter is a good football player as well, but you're going to have the, the freshman class of 2022 
that we've talked a lot about already today with the junior Tui Alamaka and Nolan Ziegler and Jalen Sneed. And I, I think it's going to be tougher to gain a, a high volume of reps at linebacker there. So that one might be a little bit tougher. Cornerback, Cam Hart might be out, but we don't know. We don't know who the cornerbacks in this class are. So that one's hard, hard to predict right now. I think if it's Micah Tease, Micah Bell, whoever it ends up being, Christian Gray, even, I think they're going to come in ready to compete. But again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to predict if I don't even know who's going to be in the class. And the last one for me is safety. So, I mean, to Alejandro, this is a long-winded response to say, I think 2023 has more of an opportunity to compete, to be honest with you, because I'm going to safety now. I mean, you're going to be out. I mean, Brandon Joseph might leave. Who knows, right? If he has a big season, he could be off to the NFL. You're going to be losing DJ Brown. You're going to be losing Houston Griffith. You have Ramon Henderson still. You have Xavier Watts, who are both very talented football players. But I think that a guy like a Peyton Bowen and even a Don Schuler could come in and they can compete for reps. I think that that's very possible. So, um, Alejandro, appreciate the question. So to answer it, long-winded response to say, I think 2023 is going to have a, more of a shot than 2022. 2022 in some spots, but I think the depth of 2023 is going to have more opportunity for players to play early. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There's a question about Brian's birthday plans. I can't answer that. I am not Brian, unfortunately. Off-topic question from 99 Problems, but BK ain't one. Who was the better quarterback prospect, Buckner or Dante? Different styles and COVID impacted Tyler Buckner's high school season. But I'd be interested in your opinion. Also, would you say the gap is big? So uh, 99 Problems, I'm going to save this one for Brian too, at least for his response. I'm going to respond and just say that I only saw – so out of the junior film I've seen of both Dante and Tyler Buckner, I would, I think I think I, I think I would take Tyler Buckner as an all in an all around sense because I think he just brings you such a huge weapon as a runner, and he was a really good passer, obviously coming out of the state of California. So I would actually probably take Tyler Buckner. I think Dante Moore is a better 
pure passer than Tyler Buckner was coming out of high school, at least as a junior. I think he just has an innate instinct, instinctual side of the game to play quarterback position and really accurate player. But man, I just I think if Tyler Buckner fully unlocks his talent level, that was limited on the, college, on the high school level because he missed the season with injury and then COVID impacted his senior year. I think his upside is immense, man. So I might take Tyler Buckner just based upon their junior years, but I will also have Brian answer this one if he gets back in time because he fully evaluated Tyler Buckner as a recruit. I have not. I just basing this upon what I saw as a general fan. So I think I would take Tyler Buckner, but it's a apples to oranges comparison because they both just win in so many different ways. All right, we have delusional Jack Cohn fan. Fantastic name. How much does missing spring hurt Tobias' chances at starting at the W? I'm, eh, I, I would say I would say so. There's multiple layers to this one. Honestly, I, I would say that it doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't help because you know coming into the spring and having that momentum building into the summer and fall would have been huge. I mean, it would have been like let's not let's not act like it would not have been. But I think in the other instances that I spoke about earlier, the wide receiver room has not been developed incredibly well over the last few years. So you're walking into a room as Tobias Merriweather, who's a guy that everyone believes is kind of physically ready to go, um, at least from a technical perspective, closer to what a typical high school senior might be. So I think that he's going to walk into a room that he is not behind the eight ball from a technical perspective. From there, I think it's just about the, the physical development that he has, right? The, the strength profile. Is he ready to play college football? So I don't think it necessarily hurts him because I think that he is technically advanced for his, his age. So I think that he'll be all right in that instance. But we, we shall see. We shall see. All right, we have Anthony Solomon. This is for Brian, but Anthony, again, I'm going to answer this one, and then Brian can answer it if he, if he gets back in time. Could they use Tobias as someone who spells all the positions due to his current skill set? Anthony, I think I think in a vacuum, yes. I, I think that he has the skill set where – I think I mentioned this when we were talking about him a little bit. He could definitely play into the boundary with his height and his length. He could definitely play in the field because I think he's a pretty loose athlete that can run routes and he can navigate space well. And he can even be a big slot, I think, because he has a good set of hands and he's a good route runner. He can do all those types of things. I do think, though, and this is just my general opinion, that as a freshman, I don't know if I want you just spelling multiple positions. I want him competing to play, right? So I think sometimes when you ask guys to do too many things, that kind of takes away from development sometimes. So I would rather Tobias – fit into a spot, if it's boundary, if you feel like the W position is the best spot for him to contribute in 2022, let's get him there and let, let's let him develop and try to take a role in that spot against a Deion Colsey, against a Joe Wilkins, whoever else they want to throw into the boundary. I think that spelling, I, I would rather develop that other side of it, the versatility side, after he's kind of got his foot feet wet and he's been a productive player on the level. I, I don't know I don't know if I subscribe to a college player necessarily spelling at multiple positions as a freshman. I think that's just a little counterproductive to development, if that makes sense. All right, we have James Lawrence Zensi. I'm going to pronounce it. I don't know. Over under how many field goals we missed this season. Well, James, that's very, very pessimistic, man. How many field goals we missed? Look, I, I think that there is legitimate concern about the field goal kicking this year. And I, I, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stray away from that. Right. Because I mean, 
field goal kicking has kind of been field goal kicking has kind of been up and down just in a general sense over the last couple of years with Jonathan Dorr. I mean, if we're being completely honest, so we're coming into a situation now where there's just you know you have Blake Groupie who transferred over from Arkansas State who did some good things at Arkansas State from a field goal percentage perspective. But, you know, the, the showing in the spring, in the spring game, there's going to be a lot of worry for that position, and I completely get it. So I think it's going to be better than you think. But it also – I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm not worried at all about it, right? Like there's – it's definitely a little bit unsettling. But I, I, I am just hoping that the kicking situation is not something that is going to cost a football game. So I am going to remain optimistic until I cannot be anymore. So let's, let's hope it's not – a big deterrence for the season. All right, Brandon, uh, can you rate the wide receivers in the 24 class for most talented, impactful, and Notre Dame to target Verdell Richardson, Micah Hudson, Ryan Wingo, Tysir Denmark, Jeremiah McClellan, and Emmett Mosley? Uh, Brandon, it's a great question. Um, I could spend a lot of time on this question. So let me... Let me work through this. It, it's a little tough for me, Brandon, honestly, because all these receivers are different, right? They're going to play different roles. I mean, I would say, for me, the most impactful wide receiver on that list is Ryan Wingo. I think he's a really talented, explosive athlete that I think he do things inside and out, right? Like, he's one of those guys that I truly think can play all three positions, even though he's not hes not like the biggest receiver in the world. He's right around six foot two, but he can play in the boundary. He can play in the field. I think he could do some stuff in the slot as well. There's just kind of an advanced feeling to a Ryan Wingo, and he's a really talented receiver. So I'd probably go with Ryan Wingo just over one, just overall. Micah Hudson's a really interesting player because he's got a little bit of length to him, but he's a really talented player who wins. I, I think he wins. <laughs> Sorry, Brent. I just saw your, your comment about Pendleton. We'll talk about Pendleton in a second. Um, I think Micah Hudson is another guy that I, I think he's more of an outside receiver, play to the play to the play to the boundary, play to the field, can do a little bit of everything. Not quite the explosive athlete that I think Wingo is, but I think he's got the length, good hands, ball skills, all that great things. Tysir Denmark's a really interesting player because he's a guy that actually – he plays his high school ball about 30 minutes for me. I live right outside of Philadelphia. He plays um, at the same high school that Will Fuller did, Roman Catholic there in in Philadelphia, and he is – I mean, for his high school, his quarterback situation is not great. The team, honestly, was not very good last year. So a lot of times they'll put him at, at uh, Wildcat quarterback and just tell him to run the football. And he's kind of that Rodney Gallagher-esque type of player, right? Because he is a, more of a slot type that can break a ton of tackles, can navigate space well. So he's more of your slot type than, than, um, than Wingo or Hudson. But Denmark is a really talented player. I really like him a ton. For um, I really I really like him a ton for that role. Jeremiah McClellan, of course, is out of out of St. Um, out of the Missouri area, out of St. Louis. He's a teammate of 2023 running back Jeremiah Love, who I really hope that they can get Jeremiah Love in to the class somehow. We'll see how the numbers kind of shake out. But McClellan's really he's he's a little bit skinny. He's long for his height. And he's just smooth. Like everything about him is really smooth. I don't think that he's a dynamic athlete, although he did average a nice yards per catch last year. He reminds me a little bit of like a Tyler Boyd that came out of Pittsburgh with the Cincinnati Bengals from a stylistic perspective. I don't think, I mean, he's definitely a skinnier type of receiver, 
but he's just got to, he kind of like takes you off guard a little bit because I don't think that he's the greatest straight line athlete of all time, but he's just really deceptive in his movements. That's kind of what I see with Jeremiah McClellan. He kind of, he kind of eats up some space sometimes just because he's got those long strides and good body and good length. So yeah, McClellan's for that for me. He's more of a field wide receiver. I don't think that he's ever going to be a guy that's going to get put into the boundaries. I don't think that his body's going to be able to be like that, but like think, Tyler Boyd style, Donovan Peoples-Jones style, not quite the athlete that Donovan Peoples-Jones is, but just that length is kind of takes you off guard a little bit from a route running perspective. Emmett Mosley is interesting. I mean, he's one of those guys that if Notre Dame doesn't get Emmett Mosley in the class, it's a little bit of a miss, to be honest, because he's a kid that is a a double – generational player for Notre Dame, right? Like his dad played wide receiver for the university. His mom was the all-time leading scorer in the in soccer when she graduated from Notre Dame. And he's a really talented player, explosive. He his um I think I believe he's at so he's he's in he's in California area. He he's he's been a transfer. I believe I forget if he was I'm trying to remember if uh, uh, the name's escaping me. It'll come to me in a second. But basically, he's transferred schools in California. So he hasn't played an, a crazy amount so far in his college career, I mean, his high school career, but he's a really talented player. So I'm interested to see. He he strikes me as more explosive, twitchy type of dude. So I mean, mostly he's a really talented player. And then I haven't watched enough of Bridell Richardson to, to give you kind of a, a real in-depth understanding of him. But I think for each role, again – Micah Hudson could play, play both outside positions. Ryan Wingo, I think, is kind of the guy that can play everywhere. Tysier Denmark's your inside slot guy who can navigate space a little bit. Jeremiah McClellan is a guy. Yes, Brandon, thank you. Santa Margarita. That was exactly what I was thinking about. I appreciate you. Uh, Jeremiah McClellan's kind of a smooth, kind of takes you off guard with the straight length he has. And then Emmett Mosley, I believe, is a going to is a, more of an explosive short area guy. So all different styles. I if I had to pick who I would target mostly out of this class as far as who I'd want in the class if I'm picking like a a class of three for instance, Ryan Wingo is the guy for me that is the most diverse and impactful player of those group. But I would take him, Tysir Denmark inside the slot, and I think you just have to get Emmett Mosley, man. Like you just have to get it in his class with with his classification and his history. So yeah, I uh, great question, Brandon. I appreciate you, man. Uh, we have John A. Juan. If Brandon James jumps, Braylon James, excuse me, Brandon James. Braylon James jumps in the 2020 class. Is it possible for him to get reps in a four-game scenario? Uh, yeah, yeah, John. As long as he's eligible for the fall, yeah. If he if he shows up in the summer when when all the other freshmen do, yeah, he's eligible to play in the four-game scenario. And I would expect him to. I would expect him to come in and at least you know, compete for playing time because he's got a lot of length, a lot of athleticism. He's the kind of guy that I think is going to be tough to keep off the field if he does reclassify. But we'll we'll cross that bridge if that ever does come. But just to the talent level, yes, I think Braylon James is talented enough to do that. Yes. All right, Hawk one. Which running back stands out this season? I, I mean, so Hawk, I really I really do think that they're going to use a running back by committee approach. I, I think that it's more about what roles do each one of them play. Chris Tyree, explosive, big plays, yards per carry type of back. Logan Diggs, if he comes back from the injury, is kind of more of a slippery runner, can do some things in the screen game. Audrick Estime has 
the power profile, but also really quick feet for a bigger back. I think it kind of takes you a little bit on, uh, off guard, just how quick he is as a bigger back. And then, I mean, Jadarian Price is kind of cut from that same Chris Tyree type of mold. He's explosive, explosive football player who also can do things in the passing game. And then if Jabron Payne is healthy, he's got a little bit of that Jadarian Price thing happening too. He's got decent long speed, really quick, can make people miss in space, can catch the football. So, but it, I mean, my standout and my breakout have been the same guy for a couple for about a month now, and that's been Aldrich Estime. I, I think that he is going to end up being the guy that maybe takes the biggest jump, the biggest leap. Because I mean, we barely saw him last year except for the one game, really. So he's a guy that I think is going to have a big role in this offense. I wouldn't be surprised if he leads the team and carries when all is said and done, because I think he just has that profile where if you are, if he's your slightly heavier volume runner and then you have guys like Chris Tyree who are explosive and Logan Diggs who can be change of pace and using the screen game and then Darian Price can mix and match. I think that that's the biggest upside to the group personally. So I think Audrey Gestime is going to take a big jump. When I saw him at the spring practice, man, I was just like, wow, that kid moves exceptionally well in short spaces for a guy as big as he is. So yeah, my, my pick is Audrey Estime, but I think it's going to be a committee approach. Kevon MC, who is a 2023 recruit at wide receiver that may be influenced by Dante committing to Notre Dame? One's named, not named Tate or Jalen Brown. Well, we don't talk about Dante more on this show, so I'm skipping this one. I'm just kidding. Um, so who are the ones that are going to be impacted the most? At, look, I think that Notre Dame's in a really good spot with Jaden Greathouse currently. I think they are. I think they're still in a good spot with a guy like a Ronan Hannafin, and they are in an improving spot, and maybe they might be the leader for Rodney Gallagher as well. I think that the one that has the most impact is probably someone that we don't have on the board right now because maybe they make a run at somebody that you, you know, just Dante kind of has that impact on the class. But out of the guys we know about, I'd say Rodney Gallagher. I think Rodney Gallagher loves, really likes Notre Dame. And I think, again, when he came to campus for the Blue Gold game, he said that, you know, the, the trip really surprised him. And I think that they are the leader for Rodney Gallagher now. They have to close because he's going to take his official visits and he's got a lot of interest from a very, very – <laughs> very diverse regions across the United States. So there's going to be a lot of pitches. There's going to be a very different pitches to a guy like a Rodney Gallagher, really talented player. I think having a quarterback in the class like a Dante Moore can only help Notre Dame's cases in, the, in that regard, right? They're, they're still playing the field against a guy like a Rodney Gallagher. So the more they can provide as far as the fit for him, the better that their, their situation will be and that their chances will be. All right, we are nearing the end, it looks like. Let's go to Sean Kane, Ryan of the group, who has more receptions this year, Tobias Merriweather, Deion Colsey, or Braden Lindsay? That's a great question, Sean, great question. So I, I think that, for me, Tobias and Colsey are going to kind of eat into each other's uh, reps a little bit, right? Like we talked about them potentially, you know, maybe platooning to a degree into the boundary. So I think that... I think I think that he's um, – sorry, I just got distracted for a second. I, I think that it's going to affect kind of the high volume of receptions for each one of those guys. So I'm going to go with Brayden Lindsay. I, I'm excited about Lindsay. And, and, Sean, I mean, I am so – I've said this multiple times in this podcast. He scares me so much. I feel like every single year I, I buy in a little bit to the Brayden Lindsay hype and then he burns me every single year. 
but I'm buying into it a little bit this year just because I was at the spring practice where he was, man, he just, he just looked different. Like he just looked strong. He looked different. He looked ready. He looked confident. He looked dialed in. So I'm buying just a little bit into Braden Lindsay this year. So I'll say Braden Lindsay has more receptions than both those freshmen or freshmen and a sophomore in that instance. All right, we're going to go to Brandon. Wanted to say this one so I can vent for a second. How the heck did Sam Pendleton move to a three-star on the composite? I mean, we talk about this, Brandon, right? Like, there is a – as soon as a Notre Dame player commits, then it happens, right? Like, it's just – it's annoying. Sam Pendleton has done nothing. I know Sam Pendleton hasn't done anything in any camp settings because he doesn't go to any of these camps. He doesn't go to Under Armour or any of these camps that they have, the rivals camps. He doesn't do any of them. That's why he wasn't recruited for a while until late into his junior season because he's not out in the open in front of everyone. So he for sure is one of those guys that definitely didn't show up to a camp and been like, wow, Sam Pendleton didn't look good. Like there's there's nothing tangibly for Sam Pendleton to drop in the ranking other than there's a there's a negative connotation around Notre Dame recruits after they commit. Just it's all it is. I mean, I don't have an answer for you, Brandon. That's that's it, man. Like, there's no other explanation for it. It just is what it is. There's a bias against Notre Dame players when, after they commit because Sam Pendleton sure has done nothing to deserve a drop. He hasn't played a snap. He hasn't gone to a camp. He hasn't done anything other than committing to Notre Dame. So. That's the answer, unfortunately. Tyler Bedwell, if Braylon James moves to the 2022, does that reopen a spot in 2023? Sorry if that has already been covered. No, Tyler, it hasn't been covered. I I don't think it changes the numbers too much. I think you're still at four, potentially, at the kind of the cap if he moves to 2022 because it doesn't really affect the numbers on the roster that much, if that makes sense. Like, either way – after next year, you're losing Joe Wilkins. You're losing Braden Lindsay. You're losing Avery Davis. You're going to be out three guys. Braylon James getting reclassified doesn't affect that that fact, right? There's not another guy. Like, I mean, there, a transfer can always happen, and that might open it up. But I don't think it's just directly because Braylon James moves into the class. I think either way, the number is still going to be the number in, an, in a two-year span. So I think they're going to stick to that number unless there is a – transfer that happens if one of the guys that is an underclassman decides to transfer whatever it might be you know because I mean you still look at it Jaden Thomas is not going to be an NFL guy after this year obviously Lorenzo Styles is not going to be an NFL guy after this year obviously nobody else is really a, a definite mover after this season so I don't think it changes the numbers I really don't man I think we're going to hit Brandon here for the last one great questions everyone really appreciate it Brandon says, I think Tobias versus uh, Dion is a better question. It is a great question. I mean, we spent a lot of the show talking about it, Brandon. It's splitting hairs. I I don't want to bet on a player, you know, having a bigger impact type of thing. But, I mean, Tobias, I think, is a better player coming out of high school than Dion was. Dion has the year, but the year was spent not being developed properly. So, they're going to be coming in at relatively the same spot. I think at that point, it's just, is Dion going to take – that battle and get the best out of him. Cause I think that his talent is definitely there and he might have higher talent even than in Tobias Merriweather possibly. I mean, from like a height, weight, speed type of combination, but I think Tobias is just a more 
advanced ready-made type of route runner and just all around wide receiver. So I'll say Tobias has a slightly larger role, but I think they both have to play. I think they really both have to play. If, if either one of those players doesn't come in and competes in 2022, I think that that's an issue for Notre Dame, to be honest, from a wide receiver depth perspective. All right. Unfortunately, I tried to hold down until Brian gets back, but it looks like we're not. If you all could please do me a favor because you love me so much. I'm so fun. All this good stuff. If you're not on the message board, go to, go to boards.irishbreakdown.com and make sure to sign up today. We have some re- intel. I, I think someone just put on that. Uh, Smitty just put an intel piece on from a recruiting perspective. We have intel that's coming out pretty consistently. We're going to be doing a lot of recruiting stuff this weekend. We've talked about it a little bit, but Sullivan Absher is making his, his commitments to either Notre Dame, Clemson, or NC State this Friday at 4 o'clock Eastern. So if you can please join the message board. Oh, and here's Mace AK. Mace AK, thank you so much. Join the message board. Smash the like button. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. And if you could, please go and give us a five-star review. And as always, go Irish. Thank you all so much for the questions. appreciate you all for sticking around with me to do some of the mailbag stuff. We will see you again tomorrow for the next edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.